So we conclude something to rant about and we get into the real stuff. Real something meat to real about. Something to real about. Something to real that's, about. That's our fishing podcast. <laughs> well played, Matt. Join us well on Thursdays for something to real about. That's not it's a very short podcast because I know 0.00, 0 about so, fishing. Yeah. You know in fun. So you can know for sure that that is not true. Yes. So we need to dump that decision. Wow, you got into it real early and I was going to make a Finding Nemo reference. <laughs> I didn't even get to make my Finding Nemo Go reference. Go ahead, make your it's Finding Nemo. It's not anything. It was what we were talking about beforehand. So, um, You know in Finding Nemo, the, star, the starfish? Yes. And she, at some point, I th- oh, it's the day they're going to like, their plan to get out of the tank. Uh is, is going to happen. And she goes, today's the day. And then somebody made a meme out of it where it's just that and her saying that, but they'll put it like, they're going to go crazy. <laughs> like, today's the day. Right? You ever feel I like that? I have those days you often. You feel like that? Today's the day. Today's That might the be day. for That goes me back today. to the conversation from something to rant about earlier. Yes. Then. Join us on Fridays for something to rant. I'm just not true. Not That's true. A, you have to pay for that. Yes, that is the I'm subscription. I'm getting a phone call from your environment. The subscription <laughs> content. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but we are talking about dumping dishonesty, and so we're we're, we're just being honest. We're in this um, second part of the book of Ephesians, and we're talking about now, after having established our position in Christ, our, our new identity, our new nature, who we are, uh, our salvation by grace, the fact that God is doing all of this stuff, and it's not anything that we earn or work work out that way. If you are in Christ. How does that play out? So, so Paul really, what he's doing here is he's connecting the reality of God to the realities of life. So as we're going through all the everyday stuff, what do you do about who you now are? Because who you used to be and the habits that you have are dramatically different. Uh, in fact, we were just talking about the Billy Joel song, Honesty, which is on our, our church playlist for the week. It's not out yet. You know, I'm listening to that song, and I'm like, this is the cry of our hearts, that that we're longing for honesty, except for you can't find honesty. A lot of Billy Joel songs are the cry of my heart. That's one of the one of the reasons that Billy Joel is as popular as he is, is not his voice, although his voice is great. It's not his piano. Piano man. Or or his songwriting so much as his identification with the human condition. Billy Joel did that better than most. And so as he, uh, you know, and that's true for a lot of artists who uh, I would not necessarily recommend for your spiritual uplifting, uh, Bruce Springsteen and, and so on, you know. It, but what connects with people is I can identify with this. I've I felt what you're talking about. I've gone through this. I've gone through the betrayals and the heartaches and the, you know, trying to get a job and I can't get a job and I feel like the man's just keeping me down and all those kinds of things. Because we can identify with it, 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 it connects. Right. And so, you know, music has that power, which reminds me of a third day song I was listening to. Music on the way is in. great. And it, well, it has a power to, to sure. do a lot of things in us. So we need to be very conscious, this is a little side note, not related to our particular podcast today, but we do need to be conscious about what we're putting in our minds. Mm. There's a line in, it's the third day song from their second album, Conspiracy Number 5, back in the 90s. Save Um, that for trivia night. And uh, it's called You Make Me Mad. I don't know if you've ever heard it or not, but uh, it's going through all of the emotions and things that music makes you feel. So Mm. it's like a conversation with the music that you 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 make me... uh, cry and dance and laugh and you make me mad and there's a line in there where it says 
uh, see if I can remember it without singing it. <laughs> um, I've had to sing in this uh, podcast. I think it's your turn. I something to the effect of I don't listen to the words, but I know ev- I know all of them by heart. So mm-hmm. how often is that true with us with music mm-hmm. too? I don't pay attention to the words, but I can sing along in the car. You know, it's in my head. It's in me already, and it does something. It shapes me. And so we need to be conscious about what we put into our minds and our hearts and our music and our television and all these different things, what we read. Coming back to the Billy Joel aspect, when he was singing about honesty, that, that this, is, this is really what I need from you. It's what I want in my relationships, but it's such a lonely word because nobody's doing it. Right. We, don't, we don't live. That's not normal in the flesh for us to have honesty. Well, that's, that's what I was going to mention, you know, when as we get started here with it. I, I feel like just lying, however, you know, whatever word you want to call it, and we've, we've gone through different, um, we even did it last week when we were talking about this, you know, the different ways that you can yeah. lie, essentially. It is so common. It is like such a big thing that it's not even a thing anymore. Right. Like it's just something people do. And, and especially, it's sad to me that we do that in the church. It's yes. normal in the world. We, it's you know, expected. Things that like we, you don't trust people because it's expected that they're going to lie. Or we, yeah, we expect it and we consider it honesty when it's the opposite of right. honesty. So it's, we talk about an honest politician because they only lie in some things. You know, they right. only lie in certain areas. Uh, you know, or there are certainly th- these morally acceptable lies that you right. know, we can, you know, kind of move some things around. And we're not outwardly lying. You know, we're not... You know, well, I didn't specifically say this, but there's deception, there's misleading, there's all sorts of different things. So that's really what we want to talk about today is this reality that habits of dishonesty have no place in the life of those who are in Christ. And again, it's normal in the flesh and all of us were there. So if we pretend, if we act like this is not part of our nature, part of who we are, then we're not being honest with ourselves. Ooh. You know, uh, I think the key word there is habits. It doesn't mean that you're never going to slip up, like with anything else. As a baby, you fall down a lot, and as you or get, as a 33 year old, woman. and as you, but not as much as what you did you well. know, before. <laughs> and then you get to another point later on where you start to fall down more, and, and you don't get up as and fast. You break a hip. But uh, but as you're doing this, nobody gets mad at a baby because they stumble. Right. They're they're learning. So we need to recognize this in our Christian walk as well. But if that baby is not developing, if they're not improving, if they walk the same at six as they did at six months, then we're going to the doctor because that's not how things are supposed to be. If if they're walking the same at 21 or at 33 as they did when they were three, that's not normal. That's not right. And so... I might not be the most athletic person in the world, but I have learned to be able to control my body in a way that I could not when I was still a toddler. Right. You know, and um, although it was way easier to get out of a chair back then. So anyway, as we're learning to to walk worthy of the calling we've received, which that was the the first thing Paul says as he transitions into this phase of the letter in in chapter four, uh, in verse one, he says. You need to walk worthy of this calling. You need to live a life that fits who you are rather than who you were. He spent a lot of time in in chapter 2 in particular and then uh, bleeds into his conversation about his ministry in chapter 3 that we were all part of the the flesh. We, We all walked according to the ways of the world. We were all dominated by the 
by the ruler of this world. But now in Christ, we're not that person anymore. We're, we're completely different in our nature, in our desires, our, in, in our identity. And the devil will continue to lie to us. We, and this is where we were last week. We were talking about you know, taking out the trash. The devil will continue to, to lie to us and try to convince us that we are who we are not. We are who we used to be rather than who we are in Christ. And we need to, to learn not to believe those lies. Now, this week we're talking about the lies that we tell more than the lies that we listen right. to. <clears throat> but but this it, that's why it was so important for Paul to establish our identity, our position in Christ. Because if we do anything else, if we focus on all these behaviors without having the new nature, then first off, it does nothing for us in our standing before God because we can't be good enough to impress God. Secondly, we will fail because we don't have the power of the Holy Spirit in us, and our flesh is, is naturally drawn to do that which is contrary to the Spirit. And the term, when we say filled with the Spirit, that, that uh, the connotation there is not that he is in us, but that we are, uh, we are following the mm -hmm. Holy Spirit. We have the Holy Spirit already in his dwelling in us, he has us in obedience, and we use the term filled with the Spirit. So being filled with the Spirit and walking in obedience, Paul says in this second part, listen, the old life that you're living, it, it doesn't fit. That's not who you are. That, that's like old clothes. That They're out of style. They don't fit you. Get rid of that stuff. You need to put on the new self. You need to let God change your mind renew, regenerate the attitude of your minds, get a, a new outlook in Christ. So just to kind of recap where we were on Sunday, and then we can have a little freer talk as we go through it. There, there were some major areas we, we talked about. First, we talked about reflecting the reality of Christ and, and just the idea that falsehood is foreign to the character of Christ. That it's, there is no part of this in God. Christ is the fullness of God uh, in the flesh, the the invisible God made visible, and so when we see Jesus, we see the 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 perfect reflection of the full character and nature of God, and so He's the fullness of grace and truth. There is no place for falsehood, therefore, there's no place for falsehood in those who belong to Him. If we're united to Christ, we can't reflect Christ in a way that is contrary to Christ. So there's no place for this. It's contrary to His character. It's contrary to ours. Then we looked at, we spent most of Sunday's sermon looking at how do Christians lie. And there were four uh, big areas that we looked at. We tell outright lies, the things that we all recognize as lies. You tell this thing and knowing that it's not true and you say it anyway. You know, you're trying to, to lie in that way. And then the, the probably the bigger category or one of the bigger categories is this idea of soft lies. That we tell soft lies. This is the white lies, the half-truths, the omissions. You know, I didn't really lie because I didn't say it overtly, but uh, I, you know, in not saying it, I'm allowing a narrative to play out that right. it is not true. And I think it's more of a justification. You're that, trying, and you're that's definitely to make a one of it. So within me. those soft lies, we mm -hmm. see the rational, mm -hmm. rationalizing, the justifying. You know, I, it's okay for me to do this. It's okay for me to sin because. Or it's not really sin because. Right. Or I really did forgive that person uh, even though clearly I'm still harboring bitterness in my actions and so on. Uh, so that rationalizing comes in. The, the idea of broken promises. And 
you know, broken promises are not just like in every episode of every Arrowverse show where, oh, oh it's going to be fine, I promise. I'll never leave you, I promise. I'll protect you, I promise. You won't die, I promise. Everybody's promising everything, most of which they have no control over. But broken promises are when we say something and it, and we don't follow through on it. I, you know, we do this with our marriage vows. I will be here forever till death do us part or until you get on my nerves or until whatever. So if I say until death separates us, and anything else separates us, it's a broken promise. Right. And, and we're so used to that in the world that that's how we treat marriage. And, you know, <laughs> last week we ended up getting into your personal life, which was not really the intent. I'm not intending to do that I either. I, I recognize I'm saying this to a divorced person. But I mean, <laughs> the, Thanks for making the, me feel the, like garbage. This today. is, I mean, it is reality that we're dealing with. But we've let it become such a habit in our, yeah, in our life, in our culture, in our mentality, <clears throat> that people almost never, and this is purely anecdotal, I'm sure there's research out there for somebody that is smart enough or cares enough to take the time. I don't. I'm just saying this is my observation. Therefore, it clearly must be right. So let uh, it be written. The people almost never think about their vows True. Once the wedding is over. Uh, I think that's one of the reasons, in my opinion, here's my anecdotal tidbit. I think marriage is so disposable today. Absolutely. Because, because people are used to lying, whether they realize it right. or not. It's They'll just, call it lying. Right, it's right. the soft lies right. that we're talking about. So everyone's used to that, number one. Number two, it's <laughs> it's relatively easy to get a divorce, depending on your situation. Right. And uh, Easy in, easy out. Right. So, yeah, I think it's totally disposable. And that kind of speaks to the overall mindset of where we are as a world, how yeah. disposable pretty much everything is. Because it's for just, sure. you're not, the vows that you make for anything don't need to stand. And we very seldom do hard there things. There are no rules. Which is, I think, one of the problems with honesty. We, we like soft lies because hard truth is difficult. It's uncomfortable. Right. So, you know, we would rather, and we've been talking about this a lot lately as I've been banging the drum of Love Speaks Truth, that, you know, if, and we see it so often in our world, mm -hmm. uh, particularly with relationship oriented things. We're talking about marriage, sexuality, and family. Uh, obviously, mentioned before the, the gamut of LGBTQ issues and the pride stuff, but it's bigger than that. It's with everything. If you love me, you'll support me. Uh, so the thing you posted the other day on Facebook was spot on. I don't remember. It, it was uh, a conversation like with the oh, church and yeah. somebody and blah blah blah. And at the end of it, it's Anything like you're free to, to do, do what morality. you want. And then they're like, "Why do you hate us?" Right. <laughs> like that's pretty much how it is. Yeah, and, and but but we want to avoid the difficulty. We want to avoid right. the controversy. And so now we've gotten we've gone so far that direction that you know I can as a parent I can look at you as my daughter and you're dating this boy. And I know this boy is poison, but I don't want to say anything because then you're going to rebel against me. And so I like, you know, she's in love. It's what it is. Everybody, you know, I was in love once too and all those kinds of things. You know, all the different rationalizations that we come up with. And we let these things go and we don't teach, we don't teach ourselves and therefore we don't teach the next generation how to tell the truth mm. because we love someone. And if we love someone, we must speak hard truths. It's not really that hard to understand. It's just really hard to do. And so I, I see all these 
articles and podcasts and, and so on and saying, well, how do I love my gay friend? How do I love the LGBTQ person? How do I love my atheist friend? The same way you love everybody else. You, you care for them. You put their needs first and you tell them the dadgum truth. And you don't sugarcoat it. But anyway, I'm getting into the next point. So we're just recapping. Uh, we tell outright lies. We tell soft lies, including rationalization, the broken promises, things like I'll pray for you and so on. Um, uh, misleading facts where we present things that are true in a context and we apply them to a broader broader context that where they're not really applicable. Um, I can like people do with the Bible <laughs> all the time. Yeah, we we do. I mean, right. that, that's a really good picture. I didn't have it in mind, but that's a really good picture. When we misquote Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, I just was talking about it at the baccalaureate service on Sunday. We we use that and like oh prosperity teaching. This is clearly God has plans to prosper me. Except for that's not in any way at all what that verse is saying. What he's saying is my plans for you are good, Israel. He's speaking to the to the group, but. My plans also involve 70 years of exile that you will not believe or, or be able to process in your mind to where you're going to even revert to cannibalism. And this is what I am doing to bring you back to me because I know my plans and they're good, but it's going to involve suffering. We don't like any of those kinds of things. So we, we take misleading Bible verses, misleading statistics, misleading facts. You know, I like Tim Tebow so I can take the statistic that says he has the highest yards per completion in the playoffs of any quarterback in history because he had one pass of 30 some yards and so you know that uh you know when you have these statistics they people say stats don't lie no but people lie using statistics that's how it works these are soft lies that we're talking about fudging time cards and taxes and the purchase price of the car at the secretary of state all of these kinds of things um, you know, misleading in accountability issues, all of these soft lies that we don't, they're not lies in our minds, but we're not telling the truth, right. you know. Um, <laughs> where do babies come from? The stork brings them, and all, you know, fun stories, That's that's, but not helpful. Right. We've got to get to a place where we're past mythology for our children. Uh, so... Outright lies, soft lies. We wear masks. We don't think of this as Not as COVID. yeah. We do wear masks for COVID, <laughs> um, we, but but we hide who we are when we're when we're not telling the truth in this way. And um, I I inadvertently uh, I didn't intend at the time to bring up eating disorders on Sunday, but it came to mind as I was saying it. This is a huge area where where we are dealing with self-esteem, self-image issues, and if anybody asks you, I'm fine, I'm great, but I'm dying inside. It's a, I think that's important to bring up because it's not, I don't want to justify that, but but many times when we're wearing a mask to lie, and I'm, it's Mental Health Awareness Month, by the way. Well, there you go. But, Are you um, writing an article on that? No, but I have neglected to take one, so, because no. um, uh, I don't. I'd rather write about fun things, <laughs> like cat bandanas. Um, I neglected to take some sinus medicine, so I'm sorry. there we go. So did my son. Um, yeah, I think that uh, that's not helping anybody. In the, I mean, I know that it's right. hard to admit that you're struggling. Like anything else, if you if you find an underlying common theme in all of these uh, ways that Christians lie, 
it's suffering and struggling and nobody wants that whether it's you know your own personal struggles or you don't want to make somebody else struggle or whatever yeah we just want to avoid it and i think that the prosperity preaching that has become such a major part of the american church it's a problem it's a cancer worldwide and it's not just in our time but in our time it is the dominant force Mm. i would say the dominant force for sure a dominant force in american evangelicalism in particular that god wants me happy right god wants me you know healthy wealthy and wise and if you do this this and this then your life will be awesome and and to the point of what we're saying today if you don't have these things if you're not fine if you're not okay then there's something wrong with you that that you're abnormal that you don't have the right amount of faith that if you're dealing with depression then obviously you don't trust god you don't care well there's an element of truth in every lie and that's true to a certain extent with all of these things. Whatever we're talking about, there is a disconnect. But, but by covering that up and acting like you're abnormal in that, we're mm-hmm. denying the reality that most of us are dealing with some aspect of not being okay. I would say all of us, uh, but many of us are not actually dealing with it. Right. So, so we might be just oblivious. Wearing a mask. There's a character in Bunyan's Pilgrim's Progress uh, that we just were looking at recently uh, named Ignorance, who comes from the country of conceit. And Ignorance is fine. He's good. He's, you know, he's moral. Everything is right. He's going to hell, but he's ignorant of that. Mm-hmm. And it, it, the, the conceit in the background is a, a major factor in this. When we wear masks, there are, are areas that we that we are either hiding or misrepresenting because we either feel that we are not enough, so we have to pretend that we are more, or we have deceived ourselves into thinking that we are more than we actually are. Mm -hmm. So in either case, there is a conceit because false humility is just another form of pride. When when I'm dealing with low self-esteem, the problem is that I've put the focus on me rather than the focus on Christ. And that's, <clears throat> excuse me, exactly the opposite of why we're on the planet. That's, mm. we, were ex- we exist, we are created to glorify God and enjoy Him forever, to have this intimate relationship with Him that reflects the reality of His character. And if I'm focused on I'm not good enough, I can't be good enough, I don't have enough faith, I'm just a dirtbag, I should just go ahead and give up, uh, or I should pretend for other people so that, you know, I'm denying the reality that God knows me more intimately than I do. Mm. And he loves me. And he's, you know, this, as a Christ follower, to know that he has chosen me and think I have to put on a front for somebody else is illogical. It's irrational. But that's where the devil lies to us. And then that perpetrates more lies in ourselves. So, you know, we lie through the, I'm fine. I've, I've conquered my sin. I don't deal with that. Other people gossip. I don't gossip. Other people lust. I don't lust. Other people have greed. I don't have greed. You know, or I, oh, I used to, you know, I've been tempted by that, but, you know, by God's grace, I don't deal with that anymore. While we're still in the throes of it, we just don't, you know, we want to admit that we're human. Mm -hmm. So we have these controlled confessions where we identify with the flesh enough to not be holier than thou. Mm -hmm. But we want to portray this spiritual identity 
that isn't right, that isn't real. Uh, <clears throat> or we hide the fact that we have dealt with things. You know, right. that, you know, I, I, used to, I used to be this, and I'm not that anymore. And so then we hide sometimes because we don't want people to think we're too spiritual. So then we'll pretend that we are struggling with things that we are no longer struggling with, right. even though we used to. So there's all of that. There's the, the super spiritual, I want people to think that I'm actually reading my Bible every day and praying every day and, and working at these things when I'm really not. Um, so all those things. And then the fourth, and I think maybe the most insidious, is we, we hide or we flavor the gospel. We, we fail to tell the truth. Because we're afraid a lot of times. Sometimes we're afraid of the consequences toward us. Sometimes we're afraid of, uh, of how somebody's going to respond. And we want to somehow try to improve on, on the truth of God's word. So we lie to others by seeking to do that, to, to build up, to improve, to, to, make it to easier embellish. To digest, really. to, exactly. We're going to make it easier to digest. <clears throat> we don't want to talk about God's wrath. We, we don't want to read the Old Testament because, you know, that's a picture of God we don't want. Uh, there, uh, there's a movement among some modern popular preachers to unhitch from the Old Testament um, okay. that you know that doesn't really apply to us anymore, so we're going to throw that away. And I, I think some of the critics have overstated the position on, on some of those things, but the idea that the God of the New Testament is different than the God of the Old Testament is a lie. And if we, if we want to push... God's love at the expense of God's wrath, his justice, and his holiness, then we're not presenting the true biblical God. We're presenting some idol, some version of God created in our minds and after our own image. So we leave things out. We add things. We say, you know, you're fine. You're okay the way you are. You can continue in your sin, and God forgives. Just God loves unconditionally, and he forgives unconditionally, and you can continue in this sin, and God's grace is enough for that. But that's a lie. It's not true. God's grace is not for you if you are choosing to continue in your sin. God's grace comes with repentance. It's God's grace that leads us to repentance. It's God's grace that allows us to see and choose repentance. But God's grace does not apply to the unrepentant ever and that's look at the difference between the two thieves hanging with jesus on the cross on on, on his right and left you got one that's mocking him mm-hmm. you got one that is recognizing we deserve this he doesn't right lord remember me one is repentant he's changed his mind he's changed his direction one is not he's doing the same things with the same attitude he was before to take the application of this idea that God loves everybody, it's unconditional, both of them would be with him in paradise because of God's grace. But that's not what we see in the scripture. And that's consistent with what we see from, from Genesis to Revelation. But we don't want to talk about those things. We like the, the Rob Bell gospel that, you know, there is no such thing as hell anymore. You know, that if, if, if there were such a thing as hell, then God wouldn't be who he is. Not true. Study the whole word, not just part of it. So, you know, we soft pedal sin and judgment. We focus on behaviorism. If you do the right things, if you're moral enough, then, you know, that's good. Uh, good people get into heaven, which is not true because there are no good people in ourselves, not in the flesh. 
So does that mean we, you know, everybody's equally bad? No. Some people are worse than others. Mm-hmm. You know, Granny living next door who bakes you the sweet sugar cookies and, and serves them to you with a smile on her face, apart from Christ, is still evil and going to hell. That's our nature, same as mine and yours. Is she as evil as Hitler? Well, no. And that would be foolish to say so. But they're both separated from Christ right. until grace captures their heart. So we do the same thing with with religionism, where, you know, because Granny went to church her whole life. But if she didn't encounter Christ and have a, a regenerated heart in him, then all of the religion in the world doesn't fix it. Right. You know, and, and so many preachers now, you know, I, I will often reference, you know, it's not really a veiled reference, uh, Joel Osteen's book, uh, Your Best Life Now, which is his biggest and most popular certainly not his most heretical uh and that's probably the wrong word not his most false uh, i, I want to be very careful in using the term heretical or heresy uh, i do think some things rise to that level but i don't want to oversell mm. every error as that <clears throat> but the the very concept of you know that god is here so you can have your best life on earth is contrary to everything we read in Scripture. Right. Literally everything that yep. we... God does bless us in this world, but he also blesses those who are not in Christ in this world. You can be blessed. I, I just saw a reference to a sermon on this. I didn't hear the sermon, but uh, and I don't remember who it was or I would cite it, but uh, the, you can be blessed. It might be Tony Evans. It might be Tony Evans. Uh, you can be blessed and not saved. You can be saved... And in a sense, not blessed. Right. Or you can be blessed and saved. And God works in these different ways. That and, and God does. If you're saved, you you are blessed. God's plans for you are to prosper you, and you will be with Him. And He's working everything together for your good. Uh, for as one who loves God and is called according to His purpose, that is a, a promise of Scripture that we cannot avoid. But that doesn't mean that every moment of every day. The, the sun is going to always shine when you're trying to play baseball. And, you know, it's going to always rain when you're trying to get your garden to grow. And the prices are going to drop when you walk into the grocery store, even though they're really high when you, right. when you leave. You know, the, your candidate's always going to get elected. Your children are never going to rebel. Your dog's never going to get diabetes like my dog has. Uh, it's making me very sad. Uh, the, you're, you're never going to have your loved, one, loved ones die tragically. You're never going to have your, your mate run out on you. This just simply isn't true. That's not reality. So we need to dump all of that humanistic hope and anthropocentric inspiration. That is not the gospel. So when we hide and flavor the gospel that way, we're, we're putting ourselves in a position of dishonesty in, in the area where it matters most how to have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. So that kind of stuff is big. And, and in that idea, in that, in that lane, we can then have some of our biggest, most egregious dishonesty take place in our evangelism mm-hmm. as we're trying to spread the gospel by helping God. We're, you know, I, I know you said this in your word, Lord, but yeah, that's not quite good enough i'm gonna i'm gonna try and improve on that it's like you know you somebody makes you that that soup and it's oh this is delicious soup but it just needs a little more salt you know add a little more seasoning to this bland thing it'll be better um that's no just no 
God's soup is seasoned perfectly. If you add to or take away from it, you ruin it. You destroy it. Unlike whatever your neighbor might bring you. That's a whole other thing. So uh, there was one thing that, that I didn't do a good job of developing on Sunday, and I want to make sure that anybody who's listening is clear about it. We talked about what does it mean to put on a life that fits. You know, we, we see the problems here. So what do we do? And there were three areas uh, that I talked about. One was kill the root, kill the fruit. That's the place that I think I, I caused more confusion than clarity. Uh, secondly, you need to tr- choose to trust the trustworthy one. The lies that we have uh, are very often, uh, I would say most often, uh, from believing that the truth is not good enough, uh, whether it's from fear or silence or greed or hatred or whatever that might be. And and it separates us from God. We, we fail to trust God. We fail to trust one another because we fail to trust God. So if we're going to trust one another in the church, we're going to recognize, as Paul said, that we are all members of one body, and therefore we trust one another. We speak truthfully to one another. We put off falsehood. That has to come from choosing to trust God, who is trustworthy. Because the reality is, I'm not. Right. I can be as honest as I'm going to be, and I still have this flesh tendency that i got to battle. Right. God doesn't have that. So we are trusting in God when we trust in one another in the church. Does that mean we'll never be betrayed? We're never going to have somebody blow it? Of course it doesn't mean that. But it does mean that we are family. We're a team. And when we blow it, we give one another grace. We, we pick up from there and we keep moving because we're ultimately choosing to trust in the one who is trustworthy. And as we align ourselves with him, we are together on that God team. Uh, and then lastly, it was to remember who you are. The, the idea that this is all rooted in the first three chapters where it says mm-hmm. you're a new person in Christ. You're saved by grace, not because you are trustworthy, not because you are good, not because all of these particular elements of trash are already out of your life but specifically opposite of that but he has made you new he's chosen you adopted you he's given you a new nature a new name a new identity so if i remember who i am then i it's easier for me to remember that this doesn't fit me that that's i'm a child of the king this is not royal behavior so taking out that trash dumping this dishonesty makes a lot more sense to me the idea of killing the root and killing the fruit is uh, it confused some folks because it sounds like, you know, when you hear fruit. You and think re- of good things. Yeah, you think of the fruit of the Spirit. And uh, and we looked at Galatians um, 5, and 23, really 19 to 23, where Paul says, here's the acts of the flesh. They're obvious, you know it. And then there's the fruit of the Spirit. So what your flesh does, and and the reason that he says it the way he says it there is because he's speaking two Christians in Galatians, same as he is here in Ephesians. So here's what your flesh does. And then when the Holy Spirit is in you, he produces in you these fruits, which are totally different. The same thing applies with the the acts of the sinful nature, the acts of the flesh. They are rooted in sin. Mm -hmm. So I need to kill that root of sin in me which only happens when I receive Jesus Christ, when he dies on the cross for my sin, when he takes that away from me because he became sin for me that I might become the righteousness of God. He kills that sin root. So I need to, in my reckoning of that, now that I am dead to my sin, we're called to consider ourselves, to reckon ourselves dead to sin. In other words, I have to make those mental choices so that 
root of sin is no longer who I am. It no longer defines me. And yet sin still lives with me because I still have my flesh. I'm still stuck here with all of my old habits. It's not this deeply rooted issue within you. Right. But like a zombie coming to life or the weed that you pull out of your garden and you don't get the whole root out and it's still there, I need to make sure that I'm killing the root. I need to not just... I discovered a while back that vinegar will kill weeds, right? You can spray vinegar on there. It's great. It kills weeds. There's a lot of things. <clears throat> the problem is the same weeds will come back because hmm. it doesn't kill the root. It's going gonna, it's gonna to tax it. It's going to yeah. kill it, but, it, but it'll come back. Roundup, not endorsing chemical things that are you know, harmful to people, but, uh, but the effect still illustrates Roundup kills the root. It doesn't come back. I like the Something else might come back, right. but it's killing that root. I like the illustration of, I went to my mom's yesterday to help her with some outdoor stuff, and she's got one of those long. I'm sure she appreciated that because you're a good daughter. Um, she's got one of those long, I don't know what it's called, a weed remover? Mm-hmm. I don't know. But it's basically a long, like, stick with it a little, down, yeah, with yeah. a little, like, forked tongue at the end. You yep. pull it, poke it around the weed and then pull it out. And it's very satisfying. It's much better for a dandelion like, than, you know. Well, right. So. But it's very satisfying when you get one and you, like, see the long yeah. root pulling it out. And, like, and you can actually, having that visualization is yeah. cool. Well, and in the same way. Follow it, me for more gardening tips. <laughs> in the same way, it's rewarding when I... When I get that victory yeah. over my sinful behaviors, when I recognize that's not who I am, but I'm still living with it. I still yeah. got to pull the weeds out of my garden. I still got to deal with this. And if I want to have, if you don't, your fruit ain't gonna grow. Your good fruit, right? And, it's and be the choked out will. by the weeds. So if I want to stop the fruit of dishonesty in my life, I need to kill the root of sin that is that is growing that dishonesty, right. so that I nurture the root of the Holy <laughs> Spirit in me by. You know, reading God's word, praying, uh, gathering with God's people, so that we're we're encouraging one another. <clears throat> when we do all of those things, I'm I'm cultivating. And, and again, all metaphors and analogies kind of fall short when we're talking about the infinite God. But but I'm cultivating the Spirit in my life, mm-hmm. and that root produces good fruit. But Jesus said it's by your by the tree, by the fruit, you're going to know what kind of tree it is. A good tree bears good fruit. A bad tree bears bad fruit, right? So that, that's from, from Matthew. So as we look at those things, I want to make sure that it's really clear. I can't just modify my behaviors and fix all this. Dishonesty will still be a part of me. I can get better. There are lots of relatively honest atheists. They're a relatively honest everybody because we all recognize that dishonesty is not helpful to right. society. Uh, although we do justify certain lies as being helpful. You know, like, does this, does this outfit make me look fat, right? So most husbands would say there's only one good answer to that. Except for if your wife goes out and somebody else tells her, that's a much worse. Right. That's much worse harm than if you have a, a moment of, you know. Right pain because of honesty we need to be people of the truth because that's what love does we speak truth so we will stop there for today uh again we're kind of going through we talked about last week this over the next several weeks these uh what would you call them categories for christian living (laughs) yeah that's i I think uh some of the different uh 
translations and their headings, we'll call them rules for Christian living and things like that. Um, right now, we're going to be looking at specifically the four areas of taking out the trash, the dumping dishonesty. Uh, next week, we'll be looking at removing resentment. We'll talk about getting rid of greed. Then we'll talk about unloading unwholesome talk. And, and um, we're taking more time on these because I think we, you know, if this were a different decade, a different generation, I might spend more time focused on the foundational things of the first three chapters, which I think are bigger right. and in many ways more important because they're foundational, but because we, there's been so little teaching in the church about how and why to live the Christian walk, we need to stop and kind of drill down and say, okay, so what does this actually mean? Mm-hmm. We all know that we, you know, we shouldn't lie, right. but how, are the, how do we lie that we don't talk about? Right. That we don't think about. We all know that we're supposed to forgive people and, and you know all of the things that we throw out there as adages, turn the other cheek and all these different things. And so we will couch our behaviors in certain languages, dishonesty, but we still do the same things. We still get angry and sin and we still have greed and we still have, uh, have unwholesome talk come out of our mouths mm-hmm. or out of our keyboards. And... We need to take some time to address that to see just where we might need to still get the trash out of our kitchen. Okay, so we will stop there. Uh, Thank you guys for listening. As always, if you have any comments or questions, feel free to leave us a comment on Facebook or YouTube, uh, or you can give us a call and leave a voicemail either on the Anchor app, if you you use that to listen to your podcast, or 269-756. RLCC, or you can email us at somethingreal at reallifeonline.org. You can actually, I keep forgetting to mention this, we have a Twitter now for the podcast. We might have mentioned it once. Um, but it's something real P1, right? I believe that's right. So, and there's also a real life uh, P for Twitter. podcast, in case you're wondering why. Why P? That's strange. I wanted to hear people's guesses as to yeah. what they thought the P was. Oh, we also have a real life Twitter. I that we want to if you want, If you want to check that out as well. Uh, if you're on that platform. It's just another way to stay connected, and you can ask questions or leave comments there as well. Uh, And the more you interact, the more you give five-star reviews and comment and share, the more uh, the algorithms bump it up in search engines, so more people will see it. It gets distributed more. And and if you believe in what we're doing, if you want people to hear the Word of God and you think these are conversations worth having, interact, you know, comment, share, like, you know, all those Subscribe. different things. So. Social media, it's wild, man. Wild, man. Wild, man was not my nickname in high school. Uh, okay, thank you guys for listening, and we will catch you next week.